As Doug uh, also prayed, I'm, I'm grateful that we're uh, a family that can do this, you know. Um, there's a lot of churches that, uh, that couldn't do what, what just happened um, because, you know, the, the, the program's very regimented. Um, sometimes the, their traditions are very regimented um, and they, they feel like they have to they get through the program. There's not a program when it comes to the gathering of the saints. There's, there's an outline of, of the things that are good and helpful, teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread, but also prayer. But there's, when we put out the bulletin on the front, the front cover, uh, that's, that's a rough outline of what's going to happen sometimes. And that's okay. Amen? So I'm going to improvise too. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. There's a reason why I asked how it made you feel. Grab a Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you've if you got a pew Bible there, you'll be able to find it not long after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 7. I shared this with the, the men on Friday. It's funny how it applies today. The men's breakfast. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, our bodies, that the excellence of the power of God may not, uh, may, may, be, may be of God. Let me read that again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God, from God, and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. If you didn't get verse 10, he'll repeat it in verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. If you didn't get verse 10 or verse 11, he'll repeat it a third time, verse 12. So then death is working in us, but life in you. We talked a lot about on uh, Friday morning how, um, how we are caring about, verse 10, in our body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. And how, verse 11, we're always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. And how in verse 12, that death is always working in us. <laughs> uh, I remember one theologian put it, we are always dying. The good Christian is always dying. You're dying. The issue is, how are you going to die? How are you going to experience the pain and the suffering and the sorrow and the hardship and the persecution and the trials and the temptations that are being flooded your way every single day? And today, we prayed for many of them. How are you going to experience so many of these things that are thrown at us that are but symbols 
emblems of, representations of what Jesus went through on the cross when he took the sin of the world upon his shoulders. Paul's asking you, he's asking the Corinthians, but today he's asking us, how are you going to die when you go through all of these things? Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Embracing it. Always carrying it about. Verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Again, the term always. He's saying this is going to be constant. This is going to be perpetual. You're going to keep going through these things. Not just going to stop today. So then death working in us. Verse 12. Folks, when we go through these times and and they're more readily apparent when they all come together at once, right? When they all kind of convene and that's usually when we pray. When so many of these things combine at once and there's hospitalizations and there's hardships, financial hardships, there's emotional hardships, there's relational difficulties, there's illnesses, there's disease, there's addiction. When it all collides When it all collides, how are we going to live? Are we like the world, um, going to look at hardship and persecution and sorrow and, and distress and say, I don't like that. I'm going to run away from it. I'm going to do everything I can to avoid pain and hardship and sorrow. That's what the world does. The world runs away from these things, runs away and does whatever they can to find pleasure whatever they can to uh, anesthetize themselves from all that is around them, ignore it, minimize it, fill their lives with things that can distract them from it. Jesus, when he died, did not anesthetize himself to what he was experiencing. When he died, he recognized, and it's why he sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He recognized what he was suffering for. He recognized the purpose of his suffering. The pain was deep, and the pain was distasteful, and something he wanted to avoid. He said, Lord, let this, Father, let this cup pass from me. Pass from me, if you are willing. Yet not my will, but your will be done. He didn't want to experience the pain, but he had a purpose for the pain. And as he was experiencing that pain and the blood coming off of his body from the nails in the cross, he was picturing your face and mine. And he saw in that a purpose for his suffering. And how interesting is it that Paul says, not just once, not just twice, But three times, Paul says, and you're suffering when you suffer? Guess what? It has a purpose. Verse 10. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? Why do we do it? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Verse 12, so then death is working in us, but life in you. 
I asked you, how did it make you feel when we gathered to pray for the hardships and the distresses and the, the trials and the illnesses and the diseases? And what did you say? What did you say in the, in the presence of all these witnesses? How did it make you feel? It gave you what? What? Hope. It gave you life. What else did it give you? Encouragement. Joy. What else did it give you? Peace. Comfort. What else? Perspective. That's what Paul's talking about. When Marianne goes through cancer and suffers, Ty's wife goes through addiction. When pregnant women go through difficult uh, deliveries and labor, when babies are born and they're, and they're not gaining the weight that they ought to and we're concerned, when all of these things are happening around us and we stop and we don't just try to avoid the pain, but we rally around one another and see the purpose in the pain, we realize what it does for us. We realize the hope that it gives us, the solidarity, the perspective, the peace. And it doesn't, you know what? It doesn't take away the hardship. It's still there. It's still there. The pain is still there. The sorrow is still there. The suffering is still there, but it's now being done in a way that the world could never understand it. It's being done so that Jesus Christ could be glorified and honored in and through our earthly bodies which suffer. So that I could look upon others who suffer and go, wow, what a testimony. So that you could look upon those who suffer and say, my goodness, why was I complaining about that trivial thing the other day? Look at what they're going through. It brings life in you. It brings perspective in you. It brings purpose. It brings hope. And so Paul concludes in verse 16. Jump down to verse 16. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment because it's earthly, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're going to make it. And Dustin is right. We just need to thank and praise God in the midst of it. Let's not walk out of here dejected. Quite the contrary. There's purpose in the suffering. There's hope in the suffering. There is life in the suffering. And when it's your turn to suffer, because it'll come, you be ready to come forward here and bear witness of the sufferings of Christ. Paul says, I always fill up in my flesh the sufferings of Christ. He wants that solidarity with his Lord that he might showcase the life of Christ in and through his body.